Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Man, I am extremely excited and as I always am excited for a wonderful guest, but this week's guest in particular, Mr. Josh Stewart. So if you don't recognize the name, Josh is one of the hit reality TV stars, uh, affectionately known as Redbeard on the Discovery Channel TV show Diesel Brothers. I met Josh at an event where we were up in the mountains and it was pretty late. One thing led to another and we started talking about everything that we would want to talk about around a fire. And (laughs) I mean, I was just fascinated with Josh. I'm going to give you a little intel into who Josh is so you guys can get an idea of what this episode is going to be about. So Josh grew up on an Indian, American Indian reservation. So from a very early age, Josh was introduced to Native American culture and the idea that there's connection between everything, raised on the idea that nature offers messages that if you're alert enough, you can actually catch and apply to your own life. And so he lived his entire life. Josh started multiple businesses and he finally got back to a spiritual path around five years ago after meeting his wife. And this episode is really intriguing to me because one, We talk a lot about Josh's life story and everything that has created this amazingly beautiful, thought-provoking, and deep mindset that Josh now exhibits on a daily basis. But more than that, it's a conversation that dives into a beautiful philosophy on living, whether it's the idea that life happens for you and not to you, or the idea that uh, we come on this earth and there are certain souls on this earth that we're meant to ride through this life with. And just different types of concepts and philosophies that can allow you to ride the waves of life, whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly, with grace so that you can take away the lessons you really need to live extraordinary. Uh, Josh is also a huge lover of jujitsu, and we talk a lot about how a dedication to this practice can allow him to navigate everyday life with more discipline. We talk a lot about gratitude and the power of gratitude when it comes to money and what wealth actually means. I mean, we talk about everything. And I guarantee you this episode will challenge a new way of thinking uh, around the concept of everyday moments. I mean, it really is a story about creating extraordinary by becoming increasingly aware of what's actually extraordinary to us. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I cannot wait to get the feedback. But before we get started, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes so that this drops right in your inbox every Monday. And yeah, join the Stay Grounded community, rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. We have all of Josh's links in the show notes, so feel free to go check that out. Check him out on Instagram, check him out on Facebook. He's all over the place. And I hope you guys get to enjoy my good friend, Mr. Josh Stewart, as much as I did. So without further ado, here he is. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. 
Oh man, I don't know if I know anybody who's less grounded than the man across from you right now. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, Josh? Not much, man. How you doing, Raj? I'm great, brother. I'm oh, great. Good. And I'm really excited to be doing this with you right now. I think I had one conversation with you and I was just like, dude, this guy is my people. Hey, hell yeah. That we're going to have to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, usually either uh, people or they say, hell yeah, this guy's my people or they just don't, they're like, this guy's not my people. Polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I remember the first time we hung out, you, so we were sitting around a fire and you brought out these tiny jade balls. Oh, yeah. They're, they're called Yemen Jews. They're these sacred Chinese stones. Yeah. Yeah. These hold like all sorts of intense energy. I don't know how, do you want me to go in and I can explain? Well, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll preface this, but uh yeah. I, th- I think just even that, just the idea that you knew what those were and you had them in your hand intrigued me a lot. How did you start to learn about these types of things in your life? Like when were you first experienced to, like when were you first exposed, I guess, to just these ideas of energies and, and things? Shown? Well, I guess, well, so I was going to say only a few years ago, but then now that I'm thinking about it, I actually grew up on a Native American Indian reservation. So they have powwows still, and like they, they just have that culture. And Native American culture is really all about living in harmony with nature. You know, they have their, their spirit totems and they get messages from these different animals and nature and everything. And that's just been a way of life for like thousands of years. And so I guess that was just kind of in the background. Yeah. Mind, you know, just kind of seeping in all that stuff. And I don't know how much attention I really paid to it until well, I've been married 10 years now. My wife's really open to that stuff. She's really you know, sensitive to all the different energies and, and everything. And she kind of got me pointed on that path right about four or five years ago to where I was kind of piquing my interest. And I'd actually like acknowledge that there's something there. Whereas before I kind of just poo-pooed it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> help me recognize that it's there's stuff there that uh if you pay attention it's like a whole different universe of information and everything give me an example of a piece of information that might come from something you'd find in an indian reservation well for instance um they believe that you know every every animal holds like different energy and different messages and means certain things and so for instance if you're out in nature and you just keep seeing, like, so let's say a hawk. You just keep seeing hawks just flying by or whatever. Like, they believe that that hawk is trying to, like, then you start to pay attention to what hawks symbolize. And they have a whole thing, you know, foresight and intuition and all these things that, that, that are tied specifically with the hawk. And so then you can take that and try to see where that might fit into your life at that point. That's just an example yeah. of that. So you're almost just paying attention. It's it not like really you, awareness. Yeah, it's all it is. Like you see a hawk 10 times, it might be a reason you're seeing a hawk 10 times, but that can translate into so many other ways, you know, clues, instances, maybe the same pattern showing up again and again. And exactly. Again. Yeah. Well, and, you know, nothing, well, I, I don't believe anything that happens is by chance. Every person that comes across our path, whether we like the interaction or not, like it's all for a purpose. Like nothing's just, ca- that, just that casual coincidence. Like things happen. And if we're being aware, 
taking the time to to really kind of think about what we can get out of all these seemingly meaningless interactions, we can get a lot more direction. All these things that we're looking for, we feel like we just don't have answers and we don't know what we're doing. Like life is kind of telling us exactly what to do if we just pay attention. We just take a moment and be aware, you know? Why do you think we don't pay attention? I think we're easily distracted. Like this day and age with, uh, I mean, there's so many distractions. Your phone is the number one. I mean, if you can't pay attention when your nose is buried in your phone and that's where we live is in these phones. It's just meant to like keep our attention and we can only pay attention to one thing at a time, you know, and if it's not our phones, it's music or it's TV or it's something other than just being present, being in the moment, you know? Do you think you can catch these moments of awareness when you, if you, let's say, do you think these moments of awareness, like the universe is trying to tell you something happens only in the physical world? Or do you think that like, I could be on my phone and see something and that could be like the moment that just, oh my God. It's all of it. It could be through your phone too. I mean, it's not saying that anything unnatural or organic or whatever. Yeah. It's like not part of the game. It's all part of the game, you know, everything. So that's, I mean, if we're in our phones, like that's, we could be getting things from there, but we got to then pay attention to what's going on, you know, maybe read in a little deeper in between the lines, so to speak, and not just the blatantly obvious, you know, things that are popping up and that are easy to pay attention to. Usually the messages from what, from my experience come from, the things that aren't quite so obvious. I don't feel like the universe just speaks loudly all the time. It's more subtle and has something to say. He's like, okay, pay attention. You gotta pay attention. But I don't think we're attuned to it a lot. Yeah. When did you, like, I guess I want to, I want to dive deeper into your own experiences around this. Cause you know, with me, you know, I've always felt like I had the universe gave me like one giant slap in the face. And then I started having to pay attention to the smaller little taps along the way that got me really in tune with what was going on. But if I didn't have that giant slap that forced me to like rethink everything, I don't know if I'd be, if I'd be as aware or as woke or as whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, whatever that version of is. But so tell me about your experience and why you believe that experientially just in your own life how have you seen dots sort of line up just with the way you've been dancing through it it's a good question i mean i've always been very like introspective you know kind of more reserved kind of quiet and just trying to piece meaning out of different things but in, it's really i feel like i'm really good at noticing patterns and so i've noticed patterns of like think back to where you know, it had these hunches or different things or what I should or shouldn't do and tying the consequences to those. And it was pretty easy to see with just some, spend some time thinking about that, you know, but it was pretty easy to see that there were some pretty obvious clues had I just been paying attention at the moment, which usually I didn't pay attention until after, but you know, that's the experience, but then easily put together that pattern of, okay, there was clues there that I should have seen. I didn't. And then that kind of woke me up a little bit to try to pay attention a little bit more. And then also what I've found is this is my own personal belief is the universe usually is very gentle teacher. 
the universe tries to teach us things as gently as possible. And if we're like paying attention and learn the lesson, then then we can move on and go to something else. But usually we're not paying attention and it has to get a little louder and rougher, louder and rougher until like you said, it just slaps you in the face. Like I'm trying to show you something it slaps you in the face and you're like, why is life so hard? <laughs> what is, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Because we're not paying attention that it has to be rough with us to get our attention because that's how I guess oblivious we are sometimes. And I've had a few of those too, where I was just oblivious and got knocked around. I was like, all right, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I'm going to start paying closer attention so I don't get kicked around by life. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Now, let me ask you something. If you start to listen to the smaller clues now, does that guard you from getting knocked in life? Yes and no. There's a quote that I heard that I really liked. It says, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. So just part of life, we're going to experience pain no matter how aware we are. That's part of the lessons that we're, that's just part of the curriculum. Just can't avoid it. But we can avoid a lot of suffering, self-inflicted by paying attention. We don't have to suffer any more than is needed, so to speak. That's part of the human experience. Some lessons you can only learn by getting kicked around a little bit. But you don't have to make it any worse than it needs to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's almost like pain isn't really the problem because pain can feel good too. The growth you experience from pain might be ecstatic. And it doesn't have to mean what I think we associate pain with, which I really like that you said pain and suffering in two different yeah. words. Well, there's one thing I realized a few years ago is everything that I was trying to do in my life, like subconsciously, it was to create this level of comfort. And then that's when I just had this moment of like clarity that like comfort isn't the goal. That's just being numb. Like I don't want it. Like, but that's what I think if, if we're not aware, like we're just kind of get roped into that where we're just trying to be comfortable with everything. We don't want to experience any discomfort, but that's not really life. If you think about it, life is lived outside your comfort zone. That's where you've experienced growth. That's where all these different things that make life worth living is just outside of that comfort zone. So it's kind of weird that we're trying to create this bubble for ourselves to be totally comfortable and insulated from any sort of pain or, or any other discomfort. But that's not what we're here to do. It's like we're fighting against what we're really here to do. Yep. I think that's why comfort almost feels unfulfilling. It's like, if you feel the comfort, fine, but I'm going to take away from you in another way. Yeah. Which sometimes hurts even more in, in a really weird kind of like, in the, in the long term, I think that's what feels empty or soulless. Yeah. Well, this is like a Taoist kind of principles is any sort of emotional distress or any sort of depression or anything that we feel all stems to attachments that we have. Like if we're attached to this feeling of comfort, when it's taken away from us, we experience that suffering, like rather than the pain, you know, we experience suffering because we're like so attached to that feeling of comfort that we've come accustomed to rather than stoicism believes, like they talk about like just appreciating things for what they are yeah, and not getting attached to them because everything can be taken away. So just, you know, if you have discomfort appreciate it for what it is but knowing that nothing is permanent everything is always in change and like the only thing constant is change really and so just know that nothing 
stays the same. Good things, bad things, we're all in this cycle. So kind of have a loose attachment to it. I think it's just best to become comfortable being uncomfortable. I love that. Yeah. If you can change the script and you can still have comfort, just be comfortable in uncertainty, then it's almost as if you appreciate the dance and you start to see yourself for what you're actually made of. Yeah. I love that you said that phrase, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I did door-to-door sales for 10 years. I sold home security systems. And so every day before I'd go out and, and knock doors, I'd meditate for about half an hour and I'd repeat different mantras. But the main one that I would do is, you're, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. Because then, you know, that just helps when you're on the doors and you're in you know, a totally awkward situation. But I love that phrase. That carries a lot of meaning. I love that, man. And I want to transition that into your career in general, because I think you've got a pretty fascinating career. How did the universe, these little clues, the idea of sort of embracing uncertainty lead you to your show? How did those dots connect? Well, I'll take you way back, way back to when I was a kid. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up four siblings, including me. So there's four of us. My mother raised us. My parents were divorced. But I saw her. So she's a dental hygienist, right? And she had, you know, what most would consider a, a secure job. But then I would just, every once in a while, these dentists, for whatever reason, they need to cut lay people off or there wasn't work for a business. And so like she would just get laid off every now and again and need to find a new dentist. So to me, that, that kind of just embedded in my mind, this idea of that working for somebody else wasn't secure at all. Like all these people that I was being told, like, get a go to school, get an education so you can work for somebody else and get a secure job, that security, having a steady paycheck. To me, that was so unsettling. Just that seemed risky yeah. to be at the whims of, of an employer or company where you just maybe your position doesn't make sense anymore. Yep. So no, from okay. that, I just had it in my head that. Real security is to rely on what I know I can do. So I've never really had, well, I worked at Pizza Hut when I was 16, but (laughs) my adult life, I've never worked for anybody else. Like I've always, you know, I did the door to door for 10 years where that was, you eat what you kill. And that kind of made it easier or like a no brainer to like partner up and start this truck business that where others were telling me, they saw a lot of risk and uncertainty. I saw security, I guess. This mm-hmm. is kind of a weird way of doing things, but just felt right. Yeah, just felt right, man. Like there's always these different relationships and things that really only served a purpose to introduce me to my eventual like business partners, you know. Like there's looking back, the clues are obvious. But at the time, it's always a little uncertain, right? That's kind of the fun of it. Like you kind of get these these little hunches and things, you know, feel right or they don't. But there's always that like, well, I don't, you, you never really know for sure, right? That's why they're clues and not like definite answers, you know? Do you think if you look back to a situation where you would have said yes as opposed to no or no as opposed to yes, how much do you think your life would change? And would your emotional state change or just the reality you experience or would you actually be experiencing the same reality? Uh, that's an interesting question. Definitely my situation would change, but I, I, I believe we're kind of here to learn 
certain lessons. We each have our own path. We got a list of lessons that we're trying to like check off. I like that you said curriculum earlier. Yeah, right? That sounds <laughs> good. We have just like a school, really, that we all signed up for happily, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have all these things. And sometimes the path doesn't really matter. You know, if we're slow learners or whatever, we can, that's the beauty of it is we have choice here, but the lessons need to be learned one way or the other. We're going to learn them, right? So maybe the scenario would have changed a little bit, but I'd still be dealing with the same types of issues. I'd probably have similar relationships that I have now, maybe not the exact same people, dealing with the same different like dynamic with people, you know, overcoming the same hurdles just in a different form. I like that. That's that's so much that's so empowering because that makes me realize that life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Yeah. And more than that, since you're gonna be dealing with the same problems anyways, the only thing you can really focus on is fixing yourself. Yeah, right? Because these are your lessons. One thing that I think is really empowering is, and everybody's got a different idea of God or afterlife or before or whatever, but for me, it's really empowering. I believe that we all chose to be here and we all chose our challenges because we knew that those challenges would create in us certain strengths by going through that. And we all eagerly picked them out, picked our scenario, picked, you know, our, our childhood, our upbringing, the certain experience that happened to us because we knew it would make us a certain type of person and build in us certain strengths. The fun of it is we kind of forget that here. That's part of this like awesome game that we're playing. But it's really empowering to me to know that I chose this life with all of its problems, with all of its difficulties and discomforts and pain. And I chose it because I knew that going through that is the only way I could be where I wanted to be. Are you where you want to be right now? Yes and no. So there's goals that I have. I feel like at this point in my life, I feel better than I ever have, you know, but I know there's much more out there for me. Like I'm just starting to experience a certain level of like personal growth and kind of coming into my own and like the things that have happened from that. Once I started like, you know, really embrace who I am. So I am where I want to be right now, but I know there's much better places, mm. but I'm enjoying the moment. I realize it's a process. I want to be careful not to like, by wanting to be somewhere else or be somebody else or have other things, it kind of implies that I'm not happy with what I've got. Yeah. I want to toe that line of being grateful. Yeah. Have, but welcoming other stuff. I think that I don't think you can have the things you want in your life if you're not grateful for what you have. Because when you start practicing being grateful, you tap into almost like this infinite wisdom, I think at least. I mean, I feel it like, you know, that energy you feel when you're really grateful and appreciative. I mean, that's an infinite well. Mm -hmm. You can go as deep and deep and deep and deep down the gratitude train as you want. And when you think about it from that standpoint, that's like an energy source. If you're not grateful for what you have right now, you can't possibly be grateful for where you're going to have next. And, and even if you think of like the universe is like, a friend or like you kind of give it a personality, right? And we all had people in our lives like where, you know, let's say it's their birthday. You got a friend, it's a birthday. 
would get him a gift. And they're like, no, I don't want that. I want something else. You're like, screw you. I'm not going to give you anything else. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give something to somebody that feels like entitled to it or that is ungrateful for it. So like if the universe has all this power to just give us whatever we want and we either feel entitled to certain things or, oh, dude, yeah. or uh, ungrateful for the gifts that it's given us, not going to want to give us anything else. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah. You're, you're so, that, that rings such a bell. That makes it so much more important to be grateful for what you have. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, I've, I've always heard this quote, what you appreciate appreciates. And yeah, like this is, this is such a, a, a much more tangible way of saying that, you know, if, if universe, God, whatever you believe has gifted you something and you're not grateful for it now, why the hell is it going to think that you're going to be grateful for all those things you want later? I'm going to, it's, it's not going to keep giving you stuff and hoping to win your like approval. That's not how the universe. Especially when there's so many other people that are so happy with what they have. Exactly. Like I'm going to give it to this guy who's really going to appreciate this. Yeah. I like to think of things in those terms kind of makes it more interesting. Well, it makes it more meaningful, right? Cause now yeah. you're, you're thinking about a path. It almost gives meaning to every single experience in your life. If you're going through the shittiest of times and you're going through like something that's just awful, right? But you're yeah. grateful for that experience, then that doesn't mean that the universe is going to give you more of that. Yeah, no, no. That you're grateful for whatever the universe gives you, which attaches meaning to that experience. Well, and also knowing that, and this takes a like really high level of maturity, like when you're in the shit to like, take a step back and know that you chose it. Like I myself chose this. I'm thankful for it. I know there's going to be a lesson or something that I can get out of this and not hold any sort of resentment or negative energy towards. I mean, that's, that's hard to do. Yeah. But like, I, I think that's where, at least for me, like try to do a daily meditation and like, cause things will happen. And of course I get caught up in the moment like anybody and you just, get in a negative place but then these moments of meditation kind of give me time to like take a step back and put those little scenarios into context like you know no that's for my benefit everything that's happening whether i put a label on it that it's good or bad it's all for my benefit and then i can kind of you know approach it a little bit better is that your process for dealing with challenges or or things that show up in your life you sort of take a moment to pause yeah, I really try to like one thing that I've really been trying to do is just slow things down a little bit. Whenever things are going just too chaotic or too whatever, there's I don't care how chaotic things get, you always are able to take a moment and try to slow things down a bit. There's very few scenarios where you can't take a moment and just like try to calm your breathing, close your eyes for a few minutes. Just yeah, that helps me quite a bit. And then I find because of that, like now that I've had like a, a practice of it, I don't need it as much. Like you can actually just do those things. Like when things are kind of happening, I can just kind of in the moment, slow my breathing, kind of slow things down without having to like take an official time out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I've got this, this idea that, I mean, any skill you practice is it's a skill and that includes your attention. Mm-hmm. whether it's your focus, your attention, or your ability to sit there and not speak to anyone for, for an extended period of time. All of these are skills. 
And when you think about it from that standpoint, it makes it so much more important to cultivate consistent skills. That reminds me of like my uh, jujitsu sensei. He always says, practice makes habit, not practice makes perfect. Mm. It's basically whatever you like, just because you practice something, you're not going to get perfect at it. You're just going to create a habit. So his point is practice things correctly because that's going to be your habit. Does that make sense? Oh, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I want to meet your sensei. (laughs) He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. How long have you been doing jujitsu? I've been doing that. I've been at least 10, yeah, about 10 years or so. It's been off and on. Like I don't go as consistently as I should. I usually just with my, I seem to get in this rhythm where I'll go, you know, really consistently for about four, three or four months and then not go the rest of the year. And then find a three or four month period, go really hard. And then kind of, that's been like my rhythm right now. But interesting fact, I'll have to send you this clip, dude. I actually hold the fastest knockout in Utah. What? Yeah. Three seconds. What the heck, dude? <laughs> I gotta send that clip, dude. It almost looks fake. Like you're like, there's no way this is real. Because the guy I'm fighting, he's a character. It looks like, you know, a 70s porn star or something. Oh my God. <laughs> what did you so let me ask i want to go back to jujitsu because jujitsu okay. is i mean i've never i don't practice jujitsu myself but i know a lot of people that do and they seem to be just wiser beyond their years and so i want to ask what has jujitsu taught you and what does it continue to teach you even after 10 years so yeah like i've thought about that a lot like the whole philosophy of jujitsu and like what kind of you have to have a different mindset when you're doing jujitsu because they call it, it's like a, it's a soft art. It's not been called like the art of the snake. It's just very slow, deliberate. And it, for me, it's, it's taught me to basically be calm and cool under chaotic situations. A lot of times a fight, there's a physical part, but then there's an emotional mental part of it. And like, if you get really heated, and emotional, you're not thinking straight. You can't think in that in that state. You're just reacting. You know, you're getting knocked around and kind of in uncomfortable situations. But you're able to like keep a cool, calm head. Then you're able to actually be a much better fighter. I think that just automatically kind of rolls into your daily life. You know, if you're just reacting to everything, that's not very effective. But if you're able to like even when things are coming at you and you're in your work or relationships and you're able to just like be cool, process it and make decisions rather than just these knee jerk reactions, it'll be much better at life. And I think that that lesson your sensei taught practice makes habit is so, and it makes so much more sense now because if you practice something you learn in jujitsu in every part of your life, it becomes a habit that's, battle tested across multiple categories if you would yeah once you get past like surface level of like you know jujitsu is just self-defense or whatever and you like start if you stick with it and you start getting to the philosophy of it there's a lot of philosophy and, and like principles that they teach which also tie perfectly into life i love doing jujitsu because it helps like I'm I'm in my head a lot and I meditate and everything, but it helps kind of connect that body part, like mind, body, soul. You got to have that body part of it. And it's a way to, 
it's almost like a moving meditation. Mm. You know? I do a lot of yoga and then yoga for me is, is like a moving meditation. Yeah. It's an active meditation. Right. And like, if when you're getting into the jujitsu and, and doing it for a while, if these like really experienced practitioners, like they're, they're really good at like controlling their breathing and moving their breathing with the rhythm of what's going on and just being present and like kind of connecting and feeling the energy of the other guy, you know? So it's, yeah, I don't know, man. It's taught me a lot about being present and, and kind of feeling the energy of things that are coming at me rather than having like a canned response for every scenario. You kind of have to adjust with whatever energy your opponent's giving you. And I think that's the ultimate metaphor for life, right? I mean, yeah, right? back to being comfortable, being uncomfortable. If you can be comfortable feeling and breathing different energies that are coming into your life from whatever source, now you learn to wield them in a way that gives you ultimate control. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's like you're, you're playing chess against life. And, and these are tools that we can use to build a better chessboard. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of times life seems hard because we're taking it so seriously. You know, and, yeah. and for me, I, you've probably heard, you know, throughout this podcast, I've been referring to life as like a game or like a class or whatever, like it's just something more casual and fun, you know? I think we just get so in our heads and it's, everything is, every little thing is so important in the grand scheme. Like it's got to kind of relax a little bit, you know, heard this, saw this quote when I was at Burning Man, uh, it said, in the end, everything will be okay. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Mm. Like, huh, I like that. We just kind of, kind of step back, get a big, big picture perspective of things. You know, a little while back, so I journal a lot. That's like a, a consistent practice in my life. Yeah, Constant, constantly. Ref- I mean, dude, if you're not doing it, I, I can't tell you how much I've just learned about myself by purely just sitting by myself. And especially since you're pretty introspective. Yeah. Like you're already kind of introspective. Like it just gives kind of like that physical touch, like you said, with jujitsu. Yeah. It's just another physical point. Like clarifying like, thoughts. More clarifying your energy. Yeah. And like, like you're that with your physical. Yeah. And so like the stuff that flows out, it's almost like out of body in a sense. It's like you're tapping into something really interesting. So like for me, I remember a mentor of mine who a huge journaler, uh, he told me to ask myself whenever I feel like I'm having a a hard day or, you know, things aren't going well in my life. He said, Raj, what would you want your 80 year old self to tell you right now? I remember journaling an answer to that question because that's not something I didn't know. And I just, you you know what? you know, screw it. I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole to see what comes out at the end. And what was beautiful was it was almost like this parent-like nurturing voice that came out of me. And, and I've never felt like I used to be pretty hard on myself, especially when things didn't go the way I needed them to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, as if it was you're in business, if you're ambitious, you're, you know, you're going after all these things and shit doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. And I remember writing stuff down and the level of clarity that I was getting just from somebody and it didn't feel like it was coming from me like i said it, it was i felt like yeah. it was coming from like a wiser me yeah yeah like it yeah. still sounded like me but it was playful it was energetic it was like this old fart who was just like messing around and not caring about the world and happy as hell and like relax it'll be okay yeah dude so tim ferris has a book where he just 
think Tools of the Titans. Yeah, I'm reading it right now, actually. He interviews a bunch of people, and he, a lot of times he'll ask that question, like, what would uh, your older self say to your younger self? And he points out that there's this common thread of they always say, relax, man. Like, it's going to be fine. Just calm down. It's always this, like, it's fine. Don't Don't stress as much as you're stressing. Maybe because all the things that we stress about in life, the material things, the things we want, aren't actually what we want. No, they're, they're, they're what we're meant to believe that we want. Yeah. I think if you're able to get in a spot where you're, you can cut out all that bullshit from family and friends and media and everything and be honest with yourself, I think the answer is usually something really strange. <laughs> like Nothing that you would think. It's not like the money and things. It's like, no, nah, man, I want to just be a baker. <laughs> I just want to provide warm baked goods for everybody. You know, that's what yeah. I think it's just like these weird things, you know, when people find their like calling, if you want to call it that, I think we're just influenced to think that we should want certain things, money, stuff, you just, it's usually just stuff. Yeah, it's usually just stuff. It's usually never like hoarders, man. We're just being trained to be hoarders. We don't need yeah. stuff. Because ultimately that stuff's just gonna be used to get relationships and strengthen and improve relationships. If I had more money, what would I want to do it with? I wouldn't want to spend it myself. I'd want to spend it with people. I'd want to go yeah. places. If I had a new set of dirt bikes. I wouldn't want to ride that thing by myself. I would want to ride it with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Like I've kind of had this guiding principle for when I try to decide what I'll spend money on. I won't drop much money on things, but I will spend liberally on experiences. Yep. Like experiences with friends, just people, just experiences in general. Those to me are invaluable, but things, things are just stuff. The only things I actually spend money on are actually, this is kind of an interesting concept. The only things I spend money on are things where I feel like I'm having a conversation with myself. So like, for example, I got like a really nice journal, old paper and it's like Italian calfskin and I'll go and spend a ton of money on stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm hanging out with a version of myself that I want to get to know. I love that, so man. Even the stuff that I have in my life that are like, that are like material objects. Like They're you're actually with, you're hanging out with yourself. You're, I'm hanging out with myself, right? So ultimately, it doesn't matter. I feel like we're always just everything we do is for relationships. Whether it's a relationship with yourself, better yeah. understanding of yourself, and that's why even things like travel, solo travel, or all that stuff. I mean, those are journeys that you go with yourself, not necessarily yeah. by yourself. Exactly. Like I always joke around, like. Uh, my wife probably thinks I'm crazy, but I was telling her, like, she's like, you know, we have this conversation. You don't mind being alone? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I always, like, I have myself. Like, we're just, like, I'll go to the movies with myself, but in my head, I'm having these conversations with, like, another friend. Mm. But it's just, like, this other myself. And we just, like, I'm making myself laugh. You know, it's just. It's, I think it's just being playfully curious about who you are. Yeah. Right? It's like, I think the curiosity, I've had this, this thing, curiosity, I feel like is like this giant ball of energy. And the more curious you get, just the more fun, even the 
even going down the painful roads in your life can be like, yeah, like, well, let's uh, play with this a little bit. It's, uh, yeah. It's like, it's, and it's that. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to me because you're right, man. I mean, the things we chase in life are so much bigger. We chase things because we think they're going to give us those bigger things. Yeah. What if we just skip to the bigger things? But let me ask you this. We can skip to the bigger things and we forget the things that we're actually chasing. Are we still going to be happy? So let's say I'm chasing money right now. Yeah. Right. But really what I'm chasing is happiness. Yeah. But I start chasing happiness and then I forget about money. Am I still going to be happy? Oh, that's a good question. I think you could be. Some of the happiest people on earth don't have any material wealth. But money brings happiness too, right? Money, money allows us, not brings happiness, it allows us to create happiness. It can. So like, yeah, yeah. So it, it really depends on what your your focus is because anybody who tells you money doesn't break happiness just doesn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it, it it brings it gives you options. Yes. It gives you options where you otherwise wouldn't have. So I, I view money as an amplifier. If you're an unhappy person and you're given a lot of money you're going to be more miserable than you were without the money, honestly. But if you're, it, it just amplifies who you are. So if you're, if you're a happy person and you, you're centered and you've got a good head on your shoulders and clear, like what's important in life, the more money you give you, you get, like you're going to be able to bless lives of so many more people. And you, that'll in turn make you happier. I don't think it's just, money is good or bad or gives happiness or doesn't, it amplifies whatever you are. I think you just brought up a really good point. I think, and you said it was about making other people happy. Yeah. I think money gives you an increased ability to spread joy in the lives of others. Yes. Then brings back happiness in a way that you can't experience on your own. Exactly. And that's the importance of having money in your life. Exactly, because what brings true happiness is is being able to share or give to others. Hypothetically, if you have nothing to give, and you don't have to just have monetary stuff to give, you can give it your time and your your friendship and other things. But I'm just saying, if hypothetically you have nothing to give, it'd be hard to be happy. Yeah. And so if if you're once again, I want to be careful, just so people don't think you have to have money to be happy. But but yeah, money's a tool. Money's yeah, a, tool. a tool, but if you if you're if you are blessed with that and you hoard it, you're going to be miserable. But if you have it and you're sharing and you're generous and and you're going to be happy and everyone else is going to be happy and you're going to get more back. That's just the energy of the universe. Like I think this goes back to what we were saying, man. Like you're grateful for the money you have, yeah. or you're grateful for what you have right now, and when you do something out of gratitude. And I have all of this. I want to share it in abundance. The universe is like, hey, this guy's doing some good stuff with his, with, with well, what I'm giving him. Oh, yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Like, there's like this, I can't remember where I heard it. I think it was back to this Eastern philosophy stuff, but they use the metaphor of a hand. If you have a clasped hand holding on to what you have, it's not open to receiving. But as soon as you like open your hand and give it, give whatever you're holding, then that's an open hand ready to receive. And then, so but you have to give to receive. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It's like this cycle. But if your hand is clasped on to whatever 
you have and you're trying to keep it keep it like the universe could try to be giving you stuff but your hands closed you need to open it up share and then you have room to receive i think you just defined abundance yeah right right like if you feel if you act out of abundance you act like there's an infinite well of just anything right i mean let's just call it energy just to like put out any physical inanimate like name to it whether it can be money it can be love it can be advice it can be like content whatever whatever your thing is right infinite well right it's an infinite well and so if you try and protect the well because you only have so much you remove the ability to create more yeah and i think that that's i think a lot of people run on life that way man like they're they're holding on to this well thinking that oh i've got this well not going to tell anybody about it because it's going to go away if I do. But really, the, the truth is that the well and the prize and the gift is not the result itself. It's who you are to create that result because this is abundant and this can yeah. continue doing it. Exactly. And yes. Amen. It, you're a, you're a, I love you, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I love you too. This, this, this conversation went down an amazing uh, journey, my man. You're just uh, an enlightened soul that I'm grateful to call a friend. And, uh, I love you too, brother. We need to hang yeah. out. Yeah, Still we need to hang out, man. I need, to, I need to come visit you and witness one of them three-second knockouts. I'm going to send you that video. Yeah, send that over, man. But, Josh, uh, I just want to, again, take, thank you for your time, bro. I, yeah, I know... Got, you got a ton of stuff going on. So I just really appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to uh, jam down the rabbit hole. Anytime. So briefly, if people wanted to get in touch with you, reach out to you, thank you for whatever you shared. How does one go about doing that? Uh, let's see. Probably Instagram. Probably my one that I checked the most. It's red.beard. Redbeard. On Instagram. I wonder uh, how you came up with that name. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty obvious not very creative <laughs> but yeah that's that's usually where um i check that mostly okay all right well if anybody wants to get in touch with josh uh we'll, we'll have these links out and josh has a great show as well if you guys want to venture down and check out all of his world he's just he's up to some cool 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 yeah, shit decent uh, track. yeah <laughs> but uh anyways josh i got one last question for you man yeah. In the midst of everything you've been through, everything you do, where you are today and where you're going tomorrow, how do you stay grounded? Oh, I like that. For me, like I, I don't want to sound just cliche, but really daily practice and meditation. Like first thing I do in the morning, like I have a daily practice. I wake up, I drink as much water as I can before anything and then meditate. Just go out, I go out on my porch, just try to be out in nature no matter what the weather and just sit there and think of nothing, just appreciate the nature and, and just everything. And I, if I don't do that, that's when I start getting unfocused and uncentered and start getting derailed a little bit. But if I do that, like that keeps me, that keeps me grounded. Love it, dude. Love it. Well, thank you for being a grounded dude. And <laughs> No, man, I, again, appreciate everything. I hope you guys enjoyed the brilliant man that is Josh Stewart. But guys, that is a wrap for this episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your friend Raj, and this is your friend Josh. And from us, stay grounded. And a pleasure.
Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.